Accessing node A two E E E three four Q. Connected. Downloading. Transfer complete. Welcome back to the Dead Drop, your secure transfer of video game and developer news. I'm Matthew Bliss, your interpreter of the games industry, your prophet of playable material, your professor of time preservation. My friend, I don't want to lie to you. This episode is going to have some stories that kind of wallow in some of the misery of the industry at the moment. It's not nearly as hyperbolic as that, but there's not a lot of celebratory wins to talk about today especially in the light of information that came out about the previous Bayonetta voice actor who has come forth and shared the details about why she doesn't appear in Bayonetta 3. Couple that with NVIDIA pulling cards, Stadia dying and impacting game studios. Suffice to say, this episode is going to be more reflective and introspective than most episodes would be. But I think I've teased you enough. This is your transfer from the 17th of October, 2022. And these are the new stories that you need to know. Helena Taylor was the voice actor for Bayonetta in the first and second iteration of the game series, but she did not feature as the voice of Bayonetta in Bayonetta 3. There were communications from Platinum Games saying that timing was off, that it was hard to get her on board and have the schedules line up. But Helena has come out on Twitter in four separate videos explaining that Schedules weren't the problem, but getting badly paid as a voice actor was. She details on the videos on Twitter, linked in the show notes, that she was offered $4,000 after renegotiation for the entirety of the voice acting that would be required in Bayonetta 3. For those of you that know the game, $4,000 would not nearly be enough to cover the cost that she would be spending the time for to cover all the voice lines for that entire game. Now this on the face of it seems quite exploitative, and her follow-up request was reasonable, asking fans to boycott the purchase of Bayonetta 3 to support her as the voice of Bayonetta. For context, the voice actor for Bayonetta in Bayonetta 3 is now Jennifer Hale, a highly lauded voice actor and definitely would not be settling for $4,000 for a single job like this one. And so the question becomes, why would Platinum Games offer so little for the voice acting work of the person who made Bayonetta who she is? There are theories flying all around the place at the moment. One of particular note that I saw on Reddit was that there is a cultural component to this offer that in Japanese culture that you never say no, but there are a number of reasons to indicate that you are no longer required or desired and such a low offering for the voice acting work should have told Helena that they don't want her to do the role anymore. And the lost in translation between Japanese and Western cultures meant that that wasn't well understood. On the face of it, this probably isn't a reasonable assertion considering the games industry has been operating for as long as it has, and voice acting is notoriously a very low paid type of work to contribute to the development of a game. But as with all of these subjects, we need to consider both sides, and apparently the team that has developed Bayonetta has been struggling a lot on Twitter with barbs and insults thrown their way because of this, and it's important to realize that it is not necessarily their fault. And yet, Platinum Games Vice President Hideki Kamiya's Twitter account has been temporarily restricted after a large number of responses to this situation directly to him and apparently him cajoling these people that are adding the responses, in addition to blocking them fairly regularly. All of this is turning into a swirling storm of 
discussion around voice acting work, how well it's paid, and how the gaming industry treats voice actors, but I don't think we've seen the end yet. We haven't got the full story and we definitely need more information to be able to justify who's in the right here and who's in the wrong, if that is even something reasonable to accomplish. I have talked about this for long enough already, so I will just end by saying let's wait for the full story and see how this shakes out. Make sure that you're supporting the voice actors as well as the game developers for all these franchises that you love and enjoy, and think about ways that you can support them if they're giving you the opportunity to do so. I'm sure someone like Helena Taylor would definitely appreciate it. NVIDIA has chosen to unlaunch the 12 gigabyte iteration of their RTX 4080 cards. There is a 12 gigabyte and a 16 gigabyte version of the 4080 in that series, or at least there was, until they decided to unlaunch it, saying that they will not release it and quote, but it's not named right. Having two GPUs with the 4080 designation is confusing. And it definitely is, especially when the designation between the two in terms of hardware isn't just the memory available. The confusion around the numbering about the graphics card series this time round is very odd, as well as the release of the highest end 4090 card, which apparently performs excellently and is very expensive, but highly unusual to come before all of the other cards that would be more consumer grade and accessible to those with a smaller budget. Apparently, industry analyst Reese Elliott, who works for gaming research firm Newzu, is saying that CD Projekt Red's big ambitious roadmap does not indicate an impending acquisition. This was not something I was thinking people were considering, but apparently anything is possible. And the reporting from this PC Gamer article is that anything could happen, but the company's plans could just be standard hype building. This is another chance for us to flex our digital media literacy and recognize that this is something that's confirming a non-result of something that wasn't even on the table. Recognizing that we are currently in a state of acquisition across the games industry is important, but I think musing on things like this and considering it reporting is a little bit interesting. Maybe it just shows that things are a little bit slow at the moment. The first ever Scottish Games Awards is coming to Dundee on October 27th and will feature such categories as Art and Animation, Audio, Best Educational Program, Best Educator, Creativity, Diversity Champion, and Lifetime Achievement. These awards are to celebrate the best talent in Scotland. So if you have the chance, make sure you dust off your tux. Splash Damage's Outcasters looks to be the first of the games noted that will be dying with Stadia. The studio has confirmed since the announcement that Google will be ditching Stadia and moving its cloud platform into other technological areas of the company, that it is too difficult to redevelop this game for other platforms, so when Stadia goes away in early 2023, this game will be going as well. Tweets from Splash Damage seem to indicate that it's not at this time that they can bring the game to other platforms, though they may intend to in future, but I certainly hope, considering they built this as a Stadia exclusive, that Google is compensating them for their time, their dedication and their buy-in to their innovative platform. I hope you heard the sneer quotes there. And now some quick games news headlines to keep you informed. Overwatch 2 has managed to amass 25 million players across 10 days. This includes all the combined player bases on PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo Switch. Valve, the makers of Half-Life 2 and Portal, has filed a trademark for a name Neon Prime, indicating that they may be developing a new game and creating a brand new IP, something that hasn't happened for a very long time. 
The follow-up to Marvel's Spider-Man, Miles Morales, is expected to hit PC on November 18 of this year, but currently available for pre-order on Steam and Epic. But why would you? A research group in Stockholm University and Malmo University is working to create an odor machine that would work in VR and to add the smelling sense into the VR experience. CD Projekt Red has detailed instructions about how to transfer saves from Cyberpunk 2077 on the cloud via Stadia to PC and consoles, likely after outcry about people not caring about having the game on Stadia, but more about the time that they dedicated to it on Stadia now disappearing. And breaking news, Konami has finally confirmed that a Silent Hill game will be coming, and they have said that a reveal event on Wednesday will tell us more detail about it. Finally time for the rumor mill to end. And that was the gaming industry news that you need to know. If this is your first episode, welcome to the Dead Drop Network. Head to deaddroppod.com to check out the sources of the stories and more. Also jump into the show notes for any of the articles talked about today. Join on TikTok and Instagram for extra little stories when we have the time to release them. If you want to give me some feedback or get in touch about the show, find me on Twitter at MattBlissPod. You can also rate and review the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Join me every Monday and Thursday for the latest game news and make sure to tell your friends about The Dead Drop. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you here in a couple of days.